With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, comic book jerk fans? This is the comic book jerk here. And aren't you glad to see me? Because I've got Justin Gad on the line with us. What's up, Justin? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm just checking the show list. And I'm thinking this will be the official... I mean, I have a, a number 30 episode up, but it was actually out of rotation. So this will be the official 30th Comic Book Jerk podcast, and it's been so many days since we've actually podcasted. And I was thinking about calling, calling this week's episode, Aren't You Glad to See Me? No, man, I think that we should call it uh, Rebirth, Injustice, and Movies, Oh My. I like that opportunity. So what time is it now? It's time to kick that music. From the flamers and noobs who were trolling the fans Submitted Glorian masterminds concocting a plan Before he had an emporium of Endorian L's And he was complaining about those movies starring Christian Bell Anime's manga mastermind returned again To reboot his new show with all his geeky friends Like the difference in Wookiees and Tribbles and Kibbles and Bits The story comes together like a reductor twist from Harry Potter Or maybe it's worse, you might even curse the jerk For reminding you that everything's worse In the back of your mind he says what you never could And you never should and you never would But he could so listen up, troll, and let's go. It's time to sit back and watch a comic book jerk show. Oh, and we've got a, we got a guess. We got a great show for yeah, you. Yeah, I think it is. I think it'll be good because it's been a while since we've got to talk about anything. And I mean, we usually do these podcasts on the regular, man, and we have missed out on talking about so much stuff. And I'm, I'm almost wondering, should we even talk about them at all? I think that there's a lot to talk about. We should. We need to. We need to. Let's not even say should well, I mean, we. I, dude, I've been wanting to get get this whole Arrow Flash season off my chest for a while, man, because it has been pulsating. It's like each week I'm like, I want to do a podcast, and nobody's around to do one. And then like another week passes, and I want to do a podcast, but nobody wants to do one. So it has been a rough experience. I'm still waiting for, for Drac to get his technical issues sorted out so he can come back to the to show with us. But I'm glad you tuned in with us tonight because you've been working all the time and getting things I, I need sorted to get out. Some, I need to vent, get some nerdiness vented out of my system. Well, let's let's get some nerdiness out of the way, man, because I don't actually have this game, but your nerdiness has took you to the depths of the Overwatch, and I want to know how you feel about I, the game. I love, for, I love for... Overwatch, man. It is a great game. Um, artistically, it is amazing. It's beautiful, vibrant colors and all that stuff. I love it. And, I mean, you can't go wrong with Blizzard. This is one of, I think, Blizzard's first console games besides PC that I know of. I may be wrong. Don't quote me on that. It's it's a, isn't it also like Blizzard's one of its first real like first person y views? Yeah, it's like games? the first person it's kind of like a MOBA, you know. Um uh right now it's only got it doesn't have a story, uh, which we kind of got a little background with their little mini shorts that you can see on YouTube are awesome. Yeah. But I mean Explain explain to the noobs what a MOBA is before we get too uh, detailed. Mass online um, I, I don't know the abbreviation. Basically it's all online. Bodice? Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, basically it means that it's just all online. Um, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's just online multiplayer. So two teams right now on this style and this, the style's really fun. Um, there's a lot of different game modes in the overwatch game. Um, there's a game mode where you have to push the object where you have to push this, uh, this payload out to from point A to point B, and along the way, the other team is defending you from getting um, to their their base where you're dropping this payload off, and they can push it back too. Uh, there's over 20 characters that you can choose from. All of them have their own unique abilities and make up a good team, and it really helps to have a balanced team. Um, there's characters who are stronger, who are who are defenders. There's support characters, there's soldier characters, there's healers, and so you need to have a balanced so, team if you want to succeed. So massive, or a multiplayer online battle arena is what that stands for. So wouldn't that account for any first-person shooter? Like I don't understand the difference between that and any other first-person shooter, because because they're all basically. They're all basically massive online well, battles. These have objectives. See, uh, you know, the difference between a first-person shooter like Battlefield and a game like this is kind which, of the which is objective-based. You have to you have to capture that objective. Yeah, but I mean, you have to secure that yeah, bomb. But I think that it's a lot different. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could make an argument for other games. I wouldn't call Call of Duty that for sure, because I mean that objective is just be a piece of shit <laughs> teabag and and that's that's camp what they out. Sh- should call it. <laughs> They should call it a massive online piece of shit. So, so M O P O S. Or you could just call it Call of played... Duty. Same diff. Well, you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, duty that is a metaphor for doo doo, which is a metaphor for poop, which is a metaphor yeah. for shit. But as far as Overwatch goes, it's really fun, especially if you have a good group of friends. I have a good. I have like. A... It doesn't look like one of those games to me that personally looks good from watching somebody play it. Is it one of those games that you have to be playing it in order to think it looks cool? Because I don't think it looks cool at all. I think it looks massively I lame. Mean, it, honestly, I mean, there are some games that are like that. I think that Overwatch is one of those games that it can be fun to watch people. I mean, you always got, it, it's great seeing the play of the game. Every time you play, there's always a, a play of the game where, you know, the person who obviously got the most kills in like a certain amount of time or had an well, awesome kill streak or what, moment. Have you have you played Battleborn yet? No, I have not. I didn't get the opportunity to because um I for, didn't have the money. For some reason time. for some reason the two games feel like they're so similar that they're almost you, you the know, same. You know, my game. friends who play Battleborn and play this, they they do say that there is some type of similarity. It it feels similar. But as far as the online portion goes, um, Overwatch does what Battleborn doesn't in making it. It's very clean. Uh, it's not very hectic and uh, messy. Well, it can't really. It, balanced. It's very balanced. Exactly. That's the thing. They say that the problem with Battleborn is they they incorporated a story and a multiplayer right at launch. And well, I just I so, played the I played the beta yeah, of and Battleborn, I did too. and and as soon as soon as as soon as you told me about Overwatch, I was like, why have I not heard about Overwatch? I guess I don't follow Blizzard a lot, so I wasn't watching Blizzard World of Warcraft spent in theaters. A few, quite a few years on this game. It was, you know, there was rumors that it was supposed to come out in 2015, and then they pushed it back. And they've spent they've so spent, you you've been following it for a while. They've then. been spending quite a lot of time 
making sure that this is a game that's ready, that's just immaculate at launch. And I think that they succeeded in that. Uh, there is, you know, I feel like, you know, there's a lot more content that they, they can add and probably will. Uh, I know I've heard rumors that there are more characters coming, possibly a story, uh, story mode, hopefully. I honestly would love them to see it to make a movie, too, because, like, have you seen those YouTube shorts? If you haven't... I, if you, I, you know, I know nothing about Overwatch because I've been waiting for somebody to influence me to buy it because I know nothing about it. What you need to do is it. go to YouTube and look up the Overwatch shorts. They made about four, four or five of them. And they just were kind of these little mini episodes that introduced some of the characters, but in a fun way. Honestly, it's like movie quality. And, yeah, you know, if you and if you see, you know, I mean, I could share play with you sometime and you could try it out maybe because. Yeah, I've been I've been I've been living a lot of life uh, right now on Twitch, watching videos of it on Xbox One and then switching <laughs> back and forth to uh playstation going to the playstation live it's one of those games so, that i really think that once you get it, inside like you know the it doesn't look fun to, to dude, play the from beta just watching see the thing is i didn't know if i was going to get it or not for sure i knew i really wanted it but after i played that that beta i was sold dude and i think that's what well, the I'll, game is it's something you gotta i'll tell you what out, ruined so. me on it dude. i'll tell you what what ruined me on it is is I played Battleborn, and I just didn't like how you had to select these certain characters. That each one of them did something different, and there were so many different characters to choose from. You could never really figure out if you can enjoy it because you're always wondering what the other other character has to offer. As far like it's it's about finding your perfect niche in Battleborn. And like finding I think that, that that's that I think character. that that's half the fun though for for me playing Overwatch. You know, I think with Battleborn, do they still have the thing where you can only each person can only choose one character per match. See, with yeah, me, yeah, the thing I love about Overwatch is when you're playing a game, you can... Does it allow you... Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you a question before you answer that question. Is it like being... Like, here's what I want it to be like. So you tell me if it is. So is it like you pick a character, but you can also put a couple other characters in it, so whenever you respawn, you come back as a different well, character? Well, it's kind of like this. You can play... You choose a character... I've ran a whole like my friends and I, we've just for shits and giggles run a whole a whole team the same character just because we felt like it, you know, just to be fun. But I mean, you can yeah. switch up characters. You know, one minute I could be playing a defender, and I see that this strategy, or we, uh, you know, we could be playing a defender. As soon as you spawn, you can switch characters. In you know, you can switch characters to a different person, change up your strategy as you're going. You know, I might run. A character named Widowmaker, who's a sniper, and I might run her for the first few minutes, and then see, hey, we're in need of a healer. <clears throat> so then I switch over to Mercy, you know, or like, hey, we're in need of uh, uh, someone to lay down some suppressive fire, and I'll yeah. switch up to Soldier Seventy Six or or Bastion. So the thing about it is, it's really fun. Is like that I think is also great is that you can change your character on the fly. You just have to be at your spawn. You know, it's really easy to change up your strategy and and win up some things. You know, it's it's great. I think that was really a great thing that they added in there because you know it's stressful sometimes if you're yeah. like crap, I shouldn't have chose this character. And you know, you, it gives you also an opportunity to try someone out. You know, I, I think I think it may be time to hand you over the comic book jerk Twitch account and have you Twitch stream I some might of have this to game do that sometime. You know, so. 
it's really just keep following up with us people on the podcast and we'll give you times and days and dates and everything just look at facebook.com backslash comic book jerk but sorry he's oh no it's fair you know but but as far as overwatch goes i think that it did a really great job in making a great multiplayer game uh there's lots of uh different like i said there's different um multiplayer modes that they have and they've they've already confirmed that they're going to add more as they go and make some new some tweaks in it and they're really good about uh nerfing some characters that really needed to be nerfed you know they're li- they listen so, to their fan base and that's what I love about Blizzard right now so 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 go ahead if you had to give it a rating what type of rating would you give it and how much I would give it as far as a multiplayer goes, I would give it an 8 out of 10, which mostly because, you know, I, I wouldn't give it a perfect 10 just because I think that there still is, you know, there could be a few more maps. I mean, there could, could be a few. But as far as, like, a All game right, goes, you know, multiplayer-wise, it's fun, it's fast-paced, there's lots to work for. You know, you got tons of costumes and character designs that, that you can do. It's great artistically. And if, if you get a group of friends together to play, it's awesome. You know, it's just one of those games that compare, memories are made on. Compare so. it. Compare it uh, to a scale of uh, Battlefront. Battlefront? Yeah, compare it to what the the new changes they've added in Battlefront, like adding the the medic class and being able to like throw grenades of of healing people and all kinds of cool stuff. Job of the Hut missions. I mean, I, I, it's one of those games that I don't think you really can compare, um, compare like one to one to. I mean, it's it's got a lot of variety. I think if you're going to compare it closely to anything, it'd be Battleborn. And yeah, mostly because I mean, battle, but I mean, the size of the you know, the the size of the uh, cast of characters you can try, the fast pace, it's really easy to pick up no matter what. I mean, any character that I've never tried, I usually by the end of the round have got kind of a grip on and I can get a little better with. I mean, it's one of those games that you find out who you like and who you don't, too. Um, but with a group of friends, I mean, I have not laughed so hard while playing a game and having so much fun and a lot, you know, since, you know, our group with battlefield, you know? So yeah. I feel like, especially if you have a group of friends who play, it can be a blast. Speaking of which fans, we, we just dropped the battlefield bomb. Battlefield one is coming out soon. And I'm sure we're going to have like tons of stuff on that, but man, I don't, I don't know if you still haven't watched the video yet, but I did an entry for that battlefield sweepstakes. I was, I was really adding it on for that, uh, that opportunity to, to get a chance to either play with stone 64 or Neebs, man. I was excited for that. Yeah, I know. I feel, I really think that, uh, the gab should have done it too. Should have been able to get into, I mean, top what 40 in the world. Yeah, top top. Well, the other day I checked it, and he was the top thirty nine engineer in the world, and that was on uh, PS three and PS four. So I was like, "Damn." Yeah, I mean that's pretty impressive. So, how, I mean, I guess they did they choose it at random, or did you have to audition and be like, "Look, I'm this good. This is why I should be." Uh, you base you basically had to explain why you thought you needed to be on the squad. And uh, I kind of here's here's the reason that I I believe that they didn't even take it take me into consideration. First of all, the I read the rules. The rules stipulated don't uh, bring up any other players, uh, so don't don't mention any kind of you know other people other than the person that's entering the contest. In which my my actual uh, I actually 
well, entry was about like, hey, the reason I want to do it is because I want to make my dad proud because, you know, he's been playing Battlefield for – I calculated between me and him, we both got 10,000 hours of Battlefield in our system because he's got like 800 hours and I got about 800 hours in Bad Company too. Uh, we got about 800 hours – well, actually, he had 1,200 hours of Battlefield 3 in, and then uh, I had like seven, 800 and then Battlefield 4, man, he, he was pushing like 2,300, 2,400 hours. I'm sure that easily, you know, we've all had plenty of time. But let me, let me see if, if I can get this pulled up for us. Here's my entry. Hey, it's the comic book jerk here to tell you you need me on your team. Whether it's watching Neve's back or sneaking up behind him on Team Stone. I'm a trip mind shooting dog tag taking C4 dominate detonator. Shoot a sniper before they can redeploy on their spawn beacon. <laughs> I got enough ammo packs, bed kits, and bubble gum to resupply a whole 64 player team. And I'm here to prove something very important to not only my friends, but my 57 year old father sitting at home playing Battlefield on Dragon Bounty. That's why I believe I should be enlisted in a squad because I have something to prove. For five years now, I've put my hard blood and soul on the battlefield. I've been an avid player on both the PC, the consoles, Alpha testing Operation Metro, Beta testing Battlefield 4, playing Battlefield Heroes when I was bored to death. With this chance to be on the squad, I can bring something different to the table because I'll be doing it in honor of my father, Sir Gavilot, the 57-year-old top 100 Battlefield player in the world. With a combined time of over 10,000 hours, me and my father have been schooling noobs since the art of the dip, dip, potato chip. Battle through land, sea, and air, and I think I need this chance. I want my dad to look at his son and be proud for other fighters. Yeah, but that's enough of that shit. I think I, I probably could have cut You know what also you should have mentioned? Made that a, you're like the last what? 10 people who actually still plays Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the last people. But man, there, there was one part in there that took me like like almost an hour to do. And I was just like, I'm just going to do a live stream of this on Facebook just because I don't know what the hell is going on. And I had this one line where, where it was like, uh, uh, oh man, it was like I'm a... I don't know. Let me pull it up here. But it was really weird because I didn't I didn't know what to do because I was like I'm a. Let me see if I can play it back. Yeah, that that line right there took me hours. Uh, that's actually a pretty good I'm one a though. I'm I'm a trip mind shooting dog tag taking C4 dominating. That should be the motto <laughs> of your uh, of your <laughs> battlefield clan. I thought about that, man, but I also like that line where I, I've got enough, uh, I've got enough ammo bags. Uh, let's see, no, I got enough med kits, ammo bags, and uh, bubble gum to resupply a whole sixty-four player team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm off. I'm off task talking about all that. Um, let's move on to let's move on to something different. Ooh, Woo! Well, since we're talking about Battlefield, how about uh, anything else about Battlefield? Like, you know, I think we got the E3 coming up. Yeah, I know they they do have the. Uh, I mean, by the time this podcast airs, I don't know if anybody will even even be there in time. But I mean, uh, this Sunday they're supposed to be doing their EA Live event where they're going to have the two squads, going to have Needs Gaming and uh, Stone sixty four competing against each other. Man, I'm really excited yeah, about that. That'll be so fun to watch. You know, I I have been watching that new uh, TBS show where they they play Counter Strike, man, and I just I am not a fan of it. Have what you is seen it? Called? it? It's it's that new show on TVS where they play Counter Strike. I haven't heard of it. 
Oh, what is that? E-League is what it's called. It's a new show that they have where they, they pit two teams against each other, and then they've got some, like, ring announcers that look like they need to be... Is it MLG, you know, though? Like, No, it's it's TBS's own little league thing hmm. that they got, so it's it's just eSports. I'm sure they got a lot of people from MLG to come out, but, man, it's... All they play is Counter-Strike. I keep thinking, like, if you're going to play a game, play a game that's not from, like, 2012 or 2009. I was like, if you're going to play something, like, interest. If they gave me an E-League on TBS where they're playing Battlefield, dude, I'd be all on that like shit. like, maybe every week is a different game. Well, they also need they also need better announcers. The announcers feel like sports people, like people that, that are, are announcing like the latest football game or basketball game. And they need actual noobs and, and C4, you know, dominating detonators like myself to come on there and be like, Hey, you know, this guy's, you know, they, it's just too, it's too sporty for me, man. Like I like sports, but E-League is just, I don't know. There's something about the game and I might be pissing off a lot of haters, but no, no. I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's like, these guys are looking at it from a, like a sports way, like they're not trying to be fun about it. You know, is that what you're trying to say? Kind well, of. Ex- exactly. They're sucking all the fun out of. It. Now, here's what I would do if I was going to make a series of of e league. What I would do is I would do it in in three episode segments with different games. Like I would start the first three episodes with the league competing three times. I would also what they also do that that kills me is they cut off the audio from the other players. Like I want to see the other players interacting with their team and talking to their other teammates. Like cutting from this team and he's talking to him like, hey dude, up on your left, up on your right. They cut the audio of that and just have the announcers. What I would do is I would have both teams, dude. Uh, talking back and forth to their players, man, I would be censoring stuff. I would be making it funny because, you know, we say some crazy-ass oh, I mean, shit. I know, right? So it's just game. the code words and stuff that we have when we're playing. Yeah. yeah. And I understand trying to keep it PG, but I say let them, let them talk how they talk well, you know on that, the game. You know, they actually, do, you know, whenever you go to an MLG competition, they actually put soundproof boxes around the players or, like, put them in soundproof rooms from the audience simply because – so much profanity so much exactly and they need they need to be pre-taped shows with these people going off dude because there wouldn't be nothing funnier than some dude just randomly going off and all you're hearing is you mother beep 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 that mother beep beep is over there i mean they get pretty pretty intense with each other too but i mean if you're getting sponsored and paid money for per round you'd be pretty intense too i guess but yeah but they need they need that more interaction they need that that just a little bit of umph and production value to make it fun. Like G4, when they, you got to admit, when G4 was on the air, G4 made every video game that you ever oh seen. Oh my God, I miss looking. G4 like, so much. Exactly, man. And I don't understand why. I mean, I can understand TBS dipping in, but they need something more of the lines of what Conan, let Conan O'Brien produce some episodes of E League because some of his stuff is clueless. His clueless gamer stuff is hilarious, man. It makes me feel. Like like I'm watching a, a skit from G4 TV because they let the they let the uh, you know inmates run the asylum at G4 so it's yeah it was yeah. a great time G4 was a great show it's like Jerry Channel yeah I miss it and I, I'm I'm still still listen to uh, Pointless Podcast with Kevin Pereira man and you know give him a shameless plug out there man he's he's still keeping G4 alive dude oh yeah definitely hey but. But you know what? We've missed out on so much Flash. I have not got to talk about Flash with anybody or Arrow. But I gotta say, man, this 
this season of Arrow has been getting a lot of of grief. I, I mean, and I, don't, I can understand it. I, I can too, but in a, in a, a part of me wants to just say that if it's not like the Flash, then take it off the air. But when it comes to Arrow, it's like got to give this this show some credit and got to keep watching it because it's it's not that bad. It's just kind they've, of the, the, hits, the problem with Arrow is that I was explaining to one of my friends is they've drifted off course from what Arrow used to be, like season one Arrow. They've drifted mm. off course. Um, and then after season three, how much, you know, grief it got from that, you know, you would have thought going into season four, they were going to try and redirect it back, you know, try and get it on track. And the problem is also the flash has spoiled us so much because the flash from day one was pure comic book. You know, it was, it was very comic accurate. And I think that that's what has spoiled so many fans is, you know, comic book fans, especially is the fact that we expect Arrow to try and get on that bandwagon too. Yeah. You know, it's like if there's similar writers, I'm I'm guessing at CW. Well, so. I'm wait I'm waiting for for Arrow to just take his leaps because in the first season it was one man against the world, and now it's just like, hey, if we don't have a whole football team, then we don't have a show. And it's like there's too many people crowding the show. That's what I like about Supergirl. Supergirl never crowds the show with other superheroes. They, they had the flash on there one time and it was the most charismatic, greatest episode they had the entire season, but they didn't clutter it. They didn't make the flash the center of attention. They didn't make like everything that was done. They teamed them up and actually had them working side by side. And that that's cool. But they're also their own solo heroes in a way. Like I like Barry's transformation in The Flash where he's kind of separating from the group. And then in Arrow, it's a complete opposite. He's like, I can't do any, anything without everybody I mean, I running like the I mean, the season show. one Arrow even, like I was saying, you know, you just had Diggle and, you know, you had yeah. him and Felicity was only there to tell him to which direction to go or where or to hack a computer. She wasn't just like yeah. there wasn't all this this soap opera e drama for a whole episode and then like five minutes of action, you know, I mean, it was just, like I said, I think the problem with arrow is that they've drifted off course and they need to get back onto what it was, which is like you were saying, one man against the world with a small team. I mean, and also I'm one of those. He doesn't even need, still I, I want to, I like seeing him with spoilers ahead with how they, killed black canary to open up this whole alicity shit you know yeah but it's it's not just that for me when it comes to her death man for me it it kind of really hits me harder to know that that you've got the cast members saying hey the reason that they killed her is basically because dc universe wanted it to happen like that's not something that I, I think is cool if if the rumors are true that they they had to do that just just to appease uh, a future Justice League movie with Black Canary, then well, that's then not by cool. that logic, the Flash should be canceled. Well, exactly by that logic, and I mean it's it's I mean, pretty bad when I mean, your even, own cast I mean, members come out and then say here's it. the thing: like, I mean, the CW, I mean, they're doing that, but then how? You know, we hear that Supergirl is going to get Superman at least for one or two episodes in the next season. So, I mean, obviously, I, I think, think that there's something else going on. That you know they're they're giving us that as a re- oh it's because they're in a movie but obviously there's something different going on that we're not being told. Well, 
Well, here's here's something that I think is is really odd. If you look at Arrow, man, it's got so many missed opportunities there, and it seems like it's it's just because of character rights. Like they seem to be confused on what to do with the character rights. Like Arrow had the opportunity opportunity to introduce Harley Quinn into the Arrow universe, and then at the last minute pulled out of that. They even had it voiced and everything, and then they pulled out of that, and then the next thing you know that you got the Black Canary and she's killed off. Amanda Waller is killed off, and the only thing that we have to blame as fans is, hey, they don't have the character rights or something, or some, something's going on between that's not. I just think it's very DC silly or, because, I mean, I could understand why you may not want to introduce Harley Quinn and not, or, like, one, the one Joker more, or something. One more thing. One more thing to look at another pointless character death is is the death of Captain Code. I mean, it's it's no wonder that conspiracy nerdists around the world are like, hey, they killed Captain Code off because they mentioned something about him being in the Flash movie. Like, it's conspiracy theories like that that really ruin a show more than actually watching it. Because I enjoyed Arrow, and I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I enjoyed this season of Arrow, and I noticed the gaps that it misses and the plot points that it misses. But sometimes listen, listen to the fans of what they want. And don't just fly off the handle and try to rush I, another show out. I mean, that's what the first season did for us, though, wasn't it? I mean, it was catering to the fans. I think that the problem is, like, they, you know, season three left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And that's why going into What's season the, four. What, what was the story arc for, for season three? Was the it the Rachel Ghoul thing and the whole, uh, I'm, I'm going to yeah. become Rachel Ghoul, but then I'm not. And then, and then it's so, like, you know, I thought it was Slade. I thought you were, you were talking that was a Slade. No, no, season. I think Slade season was season two. Yeah, season, season two, two was, was great. great. Up until and the, then up until the army scene. When here's what I don't like about these smaller shows: don't destroy the whole city or have some kind of city meltdown or or like you know the part I didn't like in the Flash where he was starting to destroy the city and stuff, blow up stuff, and I was like, oh come on, keep it, keep it. I like my heroes to be more secretive, I you like, know. Keep yeah, it secretive. Well, again, I, I like the you know I'm not upset by the whole big team thing because I mean like in the Flash you know where he's got Cisco and and the Doctor and all that that was cool. And I really like it. But like I said, I think the major problem with Arrow is it's drifted off course while the Flash only keeps spoiling us comic book nerds more by giving us more characters, more um, in-depth story arc, and it just... And pulling complete 180s oh, yeah. on us, man. Making us think one thing and then throwing oh, yeah. out something And then throwing us characters. Or giving us exactly, exactly. what we want. Then, you, know. you know, and I think that that's the problem is like... If they really want to, you know, Arrow to succeed even more, you need to just redirect it back to what season one was about. Like you said, one man against the world. I've got a small team who's here to help me, but it's it's me and maybe they a don't few do other, everything. Yeah, and maybe a few other partners. They don't have their core episodes where it's just all of them. And all I the like, time. you know, and maybe bring back Speedy, you know, or bring back, you know, the sidekick thing can work as long as you're not just making it. Like, you know, a whole episode about just my sidekick issues, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if if, if if Arrow was to go back and find uh, Red Arrow sitting there with, with needles in his arm and stuff and then be like, this is where you've been this whole time, you know, just shooting drugs into your veins or hooked on some kind of drug that, you know, like in Smallville, they would have had him hooked on a, on a bubble gum like that. You remember yes. that episode yes. of Smallville when Pete Ross had the, had the, uh, the gum? But yeah. That that's what they they need a couple of episodes like that. I just, honestly, you know, I, I think what would be cool is if they did kind of 
not completely, but kind of a flashpoint issue, like thing with like the crossover, and it leads into yeah. a change in the Arrowverse as well when he returns. Well, I think they also need to just infuse it a little bit more with with that comic book chronological order that we had in our minds from start. That's what I think that that the Flash does so well because it picks up right when the show picks up is right when the comics run of New Fifty Two was happening. So it was all New mm-hmm. Fifty Two, and and then you know after Flashpoint, things had changed so dramatically to the new 52 air that the new 52 is still chronologically in order. And so is the show too, but the show is also taking liberties from the classics, dude. It's going way back to Jay oh, Garrick yeah, and stuff, dude. And, and believe me, I was the first to post on, on the, on the forums and stuff and nerd, nerd out whenever I heard that they were going to cast John Wesley, uh, whatever his face is. But as soon as they <laughs> said that they were going to cast him I immediately said Jay Garrick. So the whole time that the man in the mask, thing was happening the first thing i wanted to think in my mind was are they going to finally make his dad jay garrick and i was thinking that like before this season had even begun when i first seen like the man in the iron mask i was like oh yep yep they're gonna do it they're gonna have an earth to jay garrick and it's gonna be his dad yes. and like i called that like from the beginning because that's what fans want and i knew flash would cater to that because they said yeah people have been wanting him to be jay garrick since the beginning so let's make him jay garrick and they found a way to do it that doesn't blow your mind it doesn't make the show seem lame or corny or they did it in a way that was freaking awesome Yeah, exactly and i think that's great and speaking of flashpoint do you think we're ready to move on to talk about rebirth yeah here in just a moment because i've i've got some flash theories i want to throw out with you now that we got on the flash kick I want to I want to kick out some theories and then I want to try to compare them and contrast them a little okay. bit. Um, there was a scene that I was really interested in where he's flashing back and you see Supergirl flash back the screen, but you see that one screenshot of him handcuffed. Now, if you remember in the comic books, he he uh, he actually was put on trial because he murdered uh, Reverse Flash in the comics. Now, could this third season be a prelude to that, or you think we will get an episode where it it Shows that because in the finale, we saw not only Jay Garrick come true, but we also seen the Flash go back in time and pretty much whoop reverse Flash's ass and then reset the the continuity. But you know that by fate and by the Speed Force, he's still going to somehow have powers or he's going to be locked up in jail or something or something crazy like that's that jail scene wasn't just put in there it it had to allude to something i you know i think that you know if they're going to pull from the comics that would be the right place to do it but i think it might be something different you know maybe they'll change it up like oh you killed someone different than than uh the reverse flash or something because I don't think anyone's going to, you know, as far as like a police chief and a bunch of other people who were there who saw Reverse Flash, no one's really going to try and arrest him for, you know, killing this bad dude. But I wonder what he's going to do with him. Like, he just knocked him into the wall. I don't know if he killed him or what, but he's just in the corner of the wall, so I'm so excited to see what happens next. Oh, yeah. It it leaves you, you know, just like season one did, it leaves, I believe it's going to just take off right from there. Now there's there's another um, thing that I need to throw out here that I thought was really cool. It's before we wrap up Arrow and Flash, man. We got to at least talk a little bit about uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, you know I think honestly, I I give it that I really like 
Legends of Tomorrow, I and I want it to be great, but I give it like two or three seasons. On a, in yeah, all honesty. I mean, here, here's here's the reason I agree with you there. Uh, it has some great plot points. We'll get to those in a second. But what I was thinking about is they really kind of just went the other curve when they killed Captain Cole because that was the definitive moment that made me want to decide on whether I like the show. Or not, because he was the one character in the show that made me want to watch it every week, just see how fucking negative he would be. About He's everything. so great. I mean, the guy they, the, you know, they cast Captain Cold perfectly, I think, and his character is just so great. He's the the tactical bad guy, thinking, you know, he was always the one with the plan, who also was like, I'm just. And they built it way. up. And they did build it up, and they, I think as a hero, he was pretty great too. But they also built a, a relationship that we were supposed to see with him and White Canary that just never really flourished into anything. And I'm sure they're going to cater to fans' needs because they need that show to work. And that's going to be something Dixon they attack. They got confirmed for next season, you know. So I'm interested to see what yeah. they do with that. Now, now that's a skipped episode that not a lot of people talk about on Arrow, man. That was a good mm-hmm. episode with Fixin. But, I mean, with Legends of Tomorrow, they've here's some of my favorite plot points is, is seeing um, – Seeing them go to the old west and uh, hanging out, yeah, hanging out with Jonah X, man, that was that pretty kick ass. And then, and then, and then the future episode where they had uh, they had Connor Hawk pretty much just like shooting people and everything, and like you find out it's Diggle's son, and it's like, oh man, spoiler alerts. And then, then the whole Oliver not having an arm thing, man, that could have lead to so much. So much just fan oh, that theory. Was just like that was a great little allude to the uh, to the BVS, you know, the the Dark Knight Returns kind of thing. Yeah. That was a great little Easter egg that I think they they'll never really go back to it or mention it again. You you never know with Legends Tomorrow that show shocked me so much because it was like the first thing you hear is that Civil War is going to have Giant Man and you only hear it about it from like leaked images of Funko Pops that that have Giant Man and then next episode of Legends Tomorrow you get a Giant Man and stuff right around the time Civil War is announced and you're like oh man DC just pulled a wild one dude like nobody thinks about that as being really exciting like I did but I found that so exciting to see see the Adam just get huge and fight that other robot. Like, oh, Vandal Savage was a perfect I think villain, it was great, dude. but you know, the thing that one of my friends pointed out was every episode isn't complete without Vandal Savage walking in slow motion. <laughs> oh, no, he has to walk in slow motion because that builds the impact. You get to get, like, what I see with Legends of Tomorrow, the way they edit stuff, is they want things to stick in your memory because later on in the future they may change. Like, you show a, a Vandal Savage in this era walking slow and this... Error, and you get that that glimpse of Vandal Savage, and then coherently with the comic books, you get a Superman storyline of you know him trying to get his powers back, and that's his main villain, dude, is freaking Vandal Savage, dude, and it's really cool because Vandal Savage has got his uh, his ancestors or not his ancestors, but like his kids from different eras of the of the world that he brings together and there's this comet coming that's giving all this super energy off and stuff and and vandal's using his kids to absorb that power to absorb the power from him to live forever some stuff and it finally it kind of floats well with legends of tomorrow if you're reading those at the same time so it's really cool how dc like kind of slips stuff into the comics too <laughs> But that's you know if you look look back on uh, the new Fifty Two Superman and how he lost his powers and got them back and then you got that Vandal Savage 
storyline going on coherently with Legends tomorrow, it was pretty epic. I agree. And I think, again, like, you know, each show that the CW has done, they've gotten a little better at making because, you know, with The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, they realize that fans want comic accuracy. And I think that, like I said, going back to Arrow, if they want to get back to what people want, then they need to start, you know, throwing in some more comic accurate things. You know, they gave him a mask. They gave him, you know, different attributes or you know different things i think that you know if they want to start read they need to start redirecting it somehow back to comic accurate back to you know this is green arrow we love who at least smiles more than once in a while so you know and i think if we're talking about getting back to basics i think we can transition well into rebirth here now yeah that that's what i was i was getting to because Here's here's how the flash segues for me. When they announced a new Wally West after Wally West has been my Flash for so long, like Wally West is my only Flash, dude. Because I didn't get Barry Allen, man. Because I didn't get into comics until like '92 or something. Like after Batman uh, Returns, man, is when I started actually reading. Uh, first comics I ever had was Robin. Like I had the the, uh, the Tim Drake Robin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had Robin two issue three or four that was the first one i ever ever read like in a supermarket and i actually bought that comic and had it forever but then uh like i collected comics for years after that and then i bought the whole series run of of that dude and it was about kg beast man so when they announced kg beast in there i was like oh crap kg beast is a batman versus superman i was excited um so what excites me about rebirth is bringing back wally man that was the most important thing for me because wally was my flash and now to know that wally west and uh, wally west too yeah. <laughs> could both exist in the same universe makes me really hopeful for future I, seasons of flash because now now they can bring wally in and it completely just rewrites the timeline it's like dude i've always been in this timeline or it's just something you forgot about me and then wally rushes off into you know find out why people forgot yeah. about him. I mean, I think that that's great and I really just loved all of Rebirth the issue. Did you did you read uh um Flash 1 oh, Rebirth? Yeah, I've got all the Rebirth so far. Oh, dude, the retelling of that after reading Rebirth 1, like I could care less about the spoiler alert Watchmen saga that's going on. The only thing that I'm mainly focused on is when I read Rebirth, it was about Wally. He's the one that he was the Flash that they pretty much saved the Flash's legacy, basically. Because after Barry Allen lost himself in Infinite Crisis, you know, what did you have after that? You know, you couldn't couldn't go back to Central City and be like, you know, there is no Flash. The Flash is completely dead. You have to rewrite that. So in in the TV series Flash, you can compare the two, and you could see that that there was never no crisis, but there was. You know, yeah. Man? And only Wally knew that because Wally took on the mantle of the Flash and was the Flash for years, man. I feel like you know that if you were to do that to the TV show, Grant is Grant Gustin. You know his his Barry is still pretty young for that to to make yeah. sense, unless you got a kid who was also Wally. But but they do have a kid that's Wally, man, and it's the new I know, Fifty Two Wally, which makes it more the interesting. Wally, the other Wally, the first Wally, and do that tie-in. You know, he'd have to be. But see, now they can do that, man. That's that's an option on the table for all those people that felt 
neglected for losing their Wally, the the Flash yeah. that they knew. Because you got you got people that probably said the same thing when Jay Garrick gave up his title as the Flash, and they had this new Flash. Like I'd say, people's like, oh, he's running around in spandex. That's not as cool as the guy with that with the helmet. You know, I'm sure people trolled back then too. They just didn't have the internet to to voice all. I'm their really excited for Rebirth, mostly because of you know the spoiler, the Watchmen saga. I'm so tied into this, and the fact that the so, fact that the so tell the me fact what that the Flash and tell Matt, me how you know, felt. My jaw dropped I, when you first dude, read when it. I, first, dude, I, I was reading this comic, and I'm just getting there, and and you know you see yes. that little that little prologue in the beginning, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I bet it's like Batman or something. And I'm reading this, and the Wally's like, you know, we're being watched, and like the first thing I thought was Watchmen, but I didn't. I put that in the back of my mind because I'm like, no, nah, that's a different universe, you know. And then I I started getting there, and then when Batman pulled that. Just randomly, pin. yeah. Well, the just, you know, they explained it in the comic that the lightning bolt shot that into this wall. When I when he pulls that pin out, I'm just like, "Holy shit! No way!" No, I, I just I said it out loud when I was reading. I was like, "No way!" And then I read that epilogue, and I realize that that's Doctor Manhattan, and I'm just like, "No freaking way!" Like they're finally doing it, and now it makes me wonder what the end goal is because you know it says that you know obviously this is the doing of dr manhattan or someone because they said that it was a powerful force that ripped away these years and these people that they knew and the you know and it was just like why you know i'm just wondering like so flashpoint makes a small tear small enough of a tear yeah. that dr manhattan or some obviously it has to be dr manhattan who see who can tap into this this timeline and now sees all this and now what's their end game you know and basically says that he wants to create his own world and it shows a little world and at the end of the Watchmen so it's like what? well you know, you know now it just you know one did of they, my friends did, in a did, group said you know if this is the case then the new Fifty Two is basically the largest tie-in in comic book history <laughs> yeah yeah exactly man and. I found it so freaking silly that people were not giving Rebirth a chance because randomly Marvel just decides to drop Hell Hydra and Captain America, and I still haven't read that. I don't really Do plan it. to. Do you need until it's like? Well, I'll wait till till they come out on trades when it comes to books that I'm interested in, but don't really want to read them. So when it comes about six or seven episodes or issues, I'll probably start reading it. But man, Rebirth to me was more influential more positive and should have been more mainstream than the I mean, whole hell i just thing. got so many feels too from reading this you know just like exactly, you know just like man like and seeing the the little introductions to each character and their the, you know what's going on in their life you know well if you've been reading the new 52 the past i don't know 10 10 issues there's little hints of like the watchman being in each issue like there's each issue where you've got to do that just in a clouded cloak that does something with superman doesn't show up for six or seven more ep issues and then you've got him interacting with the new superman and you know you don't know who he is but then you also get these little hints of other characters that just stopped by just randomly in the comics that you didn't even notice about because they got maybe one panel so you start piecing it all together, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, sense. it just, it's amazing to me, though. It just gave me so many feels, like highs and lows. Like when Barry and when Wally, when Barry reaches out and grabs Wally and just says, How could I ever forget you? Dude, I, my eyes started to water a little. Dude, mine too. Like, oh my like, God, I, that is just. 
beautiful. I literally, literally, when I was first reading it, dude, I was I was into it. And then Wally come out there, and he was like, you know, he's done visited everybody, man. He's went to Batman. He went to his ex wife, you know, and she's been wiped from the timeline. And he had two kids with her, man. So that kind of makes it more heartbreaking because you know Wally's story if yeah. you're into it. And, you know, him not being able to even get his own wife who swore their love for each other and got married and had kids and everything. She didn't even recognize him. And then he just reaches out to Barry as just one last hope. And he's not even – it's weird because he's not even reaching out to Barry really. He's just going to tell Barry bye. So it's not like he's thinking that Barry could even do anything about it because Barry lost his life in the Speed Force and all that stuff. And, you know, if his own wife wouldn't recognize him, why would Barry, you know? And when Barry does that, dude, and – like he's like i'm sorry wally and wally gets pulled from that that vortex man i was like man this is intense and it hit me even harder after i read um the flash rebirth one because it takes place a little bit after that not by much maybe a few few panels maybe a page but it picks up right after that and i got the same emotions from that and you know what also it really just makes me happy too because you know, Batman's rebirth was kind of just a, hey, I'm doing things different. It didn't really set up for anything. But this this one no. with Batman and Detective Comics, I don't know if you read that rebirth yet. It was great. But it's setting up for this whole idea that we have to figure out who this is and, you know, that who is the Watchman and who this is, yeah. you know, what's their end game, you know. Um, and you know, it's kind of their Batman and the flash are the only one who know about this for real. So, you know, they're, they're kind of teaming up, which makes an interesting combination, I think. And, uh, okay. I yeah. Do- yeah. I actually, actually haven't got, I've got, uh, issued 934 and that's something yeah. cool about DC is they're re yeah, doing Batman, everything. So, and detect- you know, Batman's teaming up, like creating a team to get ready. Yeah. So detective comics is essentially become, reset back yeah. to where well, it, it was, is it's man. becoming so, where like you know from the beginning he's formed a team batwoman um spoiler tim drake and and how many how many comics do this nowadays though is what blows my mind it's just the only comics company doing it now they're gonna not reset their universe they're just gonna tie it all in reset yeah like like going back and putting an issue Basically, it's like, like it's, I can't everything's imagine. going back to pre-flash, pre-flashpoint. They've never done that too. They usually do like in comics. They usually do a version one, two hundred issues. Version two, you know, starts from one, goes back to you know fifty or sixty. Lately, all we've seen from from any comics companies, they do about twenty-five to fifty issues, and it's just like anime, yeah. dude. It's like get get those twelve issues or those twelve episodes, and then it's it's rebooted it's like, again. You, Going back to the beginning, man. I mean, just tying the fact that they basically made a whole series a giant tie-in, and like, hey, we're tying it all in. This is still all canon, but now it's not at the same yeah. time. Is just amazing. To yeah, me. because it's just because, uh, it's astounding, when, and, and you know, it's great. Um, there's uh, some other great. It things. can it continues. It continues where Infinite Crisis left off, but without using that tagline. We thought the New 52 was going to do that, but this seems to be doing it even better because it ties in that old universe I, and I that like, new universe. Now, all, all I want to see from from this point on is like if, if within a year they don't have Wally West confronting uh, Kyle Reiner and being like, hey, dude, there was a whole world. Like you got Wally here, and he can basically go to any of these – these characters and bring back images of the past that they missed. Like you could pretty much have a have a Wally West well, 
Chron well, I mean, the thing we're seeing is, I mean, the thing we're seeing is, are you there? Or, okay. yeah, well, the thing here. we're seeing is like, um, a lot of these characters are starting to get these memories or get these feelings back and questioning everything, you know, in the, I don't know if you read rebirth of wonder woman, but there's one scene where she's just standing in front of a mirror and she puts the lasso on her own arm and starts asking, herself, Oh yeah. Like, Who am I? What is this? And when she punches that mirror, there was a really interesting art thing. Like you could see every shard was a different memory and a different thing from the past. Like it showed her kissing Superman. It showed her, you know, kissing um, the the soldier dude who was like her first boyfriend, basically. I mean, it showed her where she was fighting in a different time, like a different timeline that I know wasn't New 52. So it's like, you know, you see these shatters of past memories and she's going on an ex expedition to figure out who is she. And, you know, with Green Arrow, we saw these rehashing of feelings because, you know, New 52... Green Arrow and Black Canary kind of separated. They weren't their own thing. They they acted like yeah, they didn't now, even know each other. Basically, yeah. See, see, this is what you need to do when you and your woman get remarried in probably fifteen twenty years. Is do do the whole rebirth thing where you just re <laughs> no, like like you guys did the whole Black yeah, Canary wedding, and now now the Flashpoint has I know, ruined, and that. ruined that. So now now now. Now, when you guys actually do get married and you decide to rekindle your vows and all that stuff, that should be what you do. You do the whole rebirth thing because I'm sure they're leading up to them proposing. I mean, I just think it's married. fantastic that these things, you know, it, it mentions how, you know, relationships were torn. And, you know, you see this image of Green Arrow, Black Canary. You see, like, Lois Lane, Superman, all those things. You know, I, I like I like those plot points, but they're... I didn't really enjoy the issue of of Green Arrow rebirth because they were fighting some kind of weird creature. They're thing. fighting these, uh, yeah, and you know that, that I think think it was a, one of my favorite issues that week. But but I liked I liked how the panels that would show them like rekindling old memories and stuff. That yeah. was pretty. And awesome. they're you know the the dynamic of like I know who you are, but you know. Where where do you think this Batman story is heading? Because now apparently in Rebirth there's three, three jokers, jokers, and, and just... it just you know what I think that it's very interesting, and I'm very interested to see how they play it off because you know it doesn't necessarily say there's three jokers at the same time, but there definitely are different people who were the Joker. Well, they're supposed to actually release the Joker's real name too, which will be really odd to see. But I mean, what I've seen fascinating about it is currently like after you know batman lost his memory and, and all that crap um the joker really doesn't have a memory that he's the joker anymore though that's what makes it odd yeah and i think that because yeah. the last time we saw him in batman he was sitting on the bench with uh with the joker and he was out of his makeup and stuff and they were just casual friends like you know mm -hmm. And that's what I like about the Batman, too, though, because, you know, not only did it reset his memories, but it gave him a new outlook on life, and not to mention, like, he's completely healed of any wounds he had before Rebirth, New mm -hmm. 52, and all that stuff. So, like, he's got years and years. He's just, like, a basically refreshed Batman. Yeah, and I think that, you know, they tied in some of the We Are Robin thing, I think, with the... Uh rebirth they, you know he's like i'm not he's like i don't want to be doing yeah, he's like different. i don't want to be robin he's like i just didn't say you were going to be robin i'm doing something different and you know the the whole detective comics there's a new he's forming a new army kind of batwoman's the head of training them yeah the the, I, the yeah the cover has a spoiler on it and clay it's really interesting batwoman. clayface is now going to be a hero 
you know, he's going to be working for working with the bat, you know, the, the bat family. Well, if you watch, um, if you, you're on Netflix, check out the Batman because the Clayface is a. Hero oh yeah, I love uh, the Batman cartoon. I watched those as a kid, Dude, and I the, watched those again when I saw it was on there. The last, yeah, the last episode I watched um, just the other day actually was uh, the detective Clayface going against Clayface too, man. And then like, you know, at the end of it, man, he he pulls a powerful I mean, hero move. He's like, you know, I don't care if we're fused together or not. Go ahead and hit it, and he hits that. You know, I mean, pure. it's just for me. I think it's great. You know, the the thing that they pointed out was I've always said this is like Clayface. As far as a villain goes, he really doesn't have any motive other than like I'm pissed off that I had an accident and now I'm hideous. And I think that I think yeah, but but as the the animated series and the Batman proved, Clayface has a pretty good yeah. origin. Like you know, Clayface too is basically the story of a guy that's an actor and he finally finds this miracle thing that makes him. Uh, really awesome, and he just goes up on a rampage of stealing stuff because he thinks that what's the best way to get noticed for your acting career? Become a criminal, and then everybody's watching you. You're on the security cameras, you know. You're on TV. But I think it's really good. you know you so feel it, kind of bad, you know, for Clayface because so you cause could he see, really just wants to recapture the glory, and I think that this will be a nice refresh yeah, of him. And I think what what better way for for Clayface to actually get in the spotlight is to actually be a hero instead mm-hmm. of a villain. That's that's a really and nice twist. And I'm sure there will be little but fights also, between him and the Robin and the others. Like, you know, you're yeah. still, you know, I don't trust you because you were, you know, we used to fight and stuff. But also I noticed something that really had me excited and I was glad to see is it's closely to the most similar Tim Drake Robin costume that I've seen in a while, like him being Red Robin and it actually looking like he was the classic Robin. Like I'm, I'm glad that they got away from you that. See the, uh, new, that, new, that whole you see the new, you see the new Wally West costume too. He's red. I, I've seen that, but I'm holding off until I actually see it on the pages yeah. of comic. Like it looks cool, and I love, love that they, they're doing it. But you can't call him the Flash. No. That's that can't. Well, he's work. gonna be in you Titans, know, he, so we'll see. That's the one thing I didn't like in the new 52 is when they had two flashes, one in a bronzy, dark, glary costume and the other in, in a different, and, you know, and classic I really costume. am excited for Batman Beyond Rebirth. Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, from what I've read of Batman Beyond, dude, I've been loving it, dude. Like, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Have you read the mm-hmm. last issue where it actually brings Terry McGinnis back? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, the, the last last issue had uh, Terry McGinnis playing this villain and stuff, and he's got some kind of thing in his chest that's causing him to uh, basically not even be able to, to like do anything but act like a psycho. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't decided what's going on there, but at the very last page of the spread, it, was, it turns out to be Terry McGinnis, and he's got something in his chest like Iron Man and then some other dude standing behind him. But it's going to be fascinating to see how Tim Drake reacts to this and whether or not he gets the Wally treatment and goes back to his previous Earth or disappears. Because it's weird because what the New 52 did that not, not a lot of people know is like when they did that Future's End series, they tossed Tim Drake into the suit of Batman Beyond and tossed him into a future that's post-apocalyptic. Yeah. So so it's kind of like he's the... Uh, um, the Miguel from the Spider-Man 2099 series. Yeah. I really liked Tim Drake as Batman Beyond, though. I thought he was a great choice because, you, know, you yeah. know, he's the best detective, so give him a super suit and he'll be a great fighter. 
and and I'll be pretty excited to see how they bring him back because Terry McGinnis is basically gave his life in Futures End, but when uh, Tim Drake went back to the future, nothing changed. So he was stuck in the parallel universe that you know everything happened. Brother I took over and took over the pretty much the world. Yeah. But man, what about that suit though, man? Like. Do you like the Red Robin suit now better than the one that they had? I, you know, I think you know it, it looks pretty good. I'm, I've never been like too picky about the Robin suits, to be honest. I like the new suit though. I like. I think he looks like Red a Robin more than he does like the other one, but I like it. Yeah, man. Rapid, rapid things up, man. We've got got the Killing Joke coming out On soon, TV. man. Yeah, they, they said they're gonna get a Fathom Events. Yeah, they're actually gonna get. Uh, like uh, an actual theatrical release for a day or really so. Fun. You know, I think it'll do so well. They'll do like they would Dragon Ball Z and do a few extra days. So, I guess. What concerns me is the running time, man. With one hour and ten minutes, will be enough to jam pack the whole series. I think so. In. I mean, DC's really good about making good movies with a great storyline right from the beginning. Like they they can do it pretty well in just about an hour. I mean. A lot of their movies, I mean, Justice League War wasn't more than an hour. Flashpoint wasn't more than an hour. So it's, uh, I think they're pretty good at, at progressing the story and making it good. I mean, you got Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy in this, and Tara Strong. And yeah, you you can't ask for you can't ask for a better man. Plus, plus, I like I like what they're they're talking about doing with it, where they give Batgirl a little bit more screen time at the beginning so you can get to know her yeah. character before she just ultimately reaches that uh, Oracle steps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's going to be great. I'm really excited for it, and I've already got it pre-ordered on DVD on Amazon too, so I'm excited for that. And speaking of DVDs coming out, super pumped for the uh, Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition. You know, that director's cut, yeah. 32 extra minutes, which... Doesn't sound like a lot, but as far as director's cuts go, it makes a big difference, you know. We should totally, we should do, totally dedicate uh, episode thirty-three or thirty-four or something in the future to just doing a commentary. Are you track ready to do a three-hour podcast? Because I am. <laughs> I'm totally ready, dude. We'll get some hot wings and popcorn, kick back, and oh man, turn on the Skype, turn on the movie, and be like, here's our commentary yes it'll be so good i i can't wait for this and you know i think honestly it, it'll make the difference the, of a movie because on you know it's like director's cuts I, usually do that you know i think i'm pretty sure we're the only two people in history that actually uh like batman versus superman as much as we I, you do. know i like batman versus superman i don't think we're the only people who do i think that the director's cut's only going to make it better it's like watchmen when it came out Zack snyder is one of those directors that he makes a movie and he wants it to be great, but then you know the the companies who produce it are always like, "Look, we gotta cut it down a little bit." So the yeah, we can't have this four hour and twenty movie. Well, let's just well, let's just make a director's like cut. The, if like they the, made if they made a Batman versus Superman part one and two, I'd oh, be yeah. in the theaters, man. I'd double your they, money uh, back. They, Why you not? Know, the original script was supposed to be like four hours long. I would read. You know, if he published, if I would he published watch, man, a if transcript, I, like the whole script. The four-hour version, I would read that. I would buy it and read it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's the same way that I, I read it, uh, the Justice League Mortal script, man. Somebody sent that along to me, and it's was like, yeah, this movie was canceled. And, man, that would make a hell of a good movie, man. Like, it was really good. And I think that, you know, Zack Snyder is one of those guys who really takes his time with a movie. And he's one of those directors that is pretty serious, and he's pretty... 
you know, he uses metaphors and imageries, you know, to his advantage. And I think that's what a lot of people did. I think that's why a lot of people didn't like Batman versus Superman was because it, it took everything that you loved and put it in one and it, movie. It also, but I think it was a lot, it was, it was a movie for the fans, comic book nerds everywhere were squeeing with joy when they saw this movie because there was like, you know, there was a yeah, parademon, it, but, there was references to this, but if yeah, they did, it sucks though. They did all of that, but yet they went on there and talked about how shitty it was. And I don't, I didn't think it was shitty at all, man. Like I loved Batman versus Superman for not only it continuing right exactly where Man of Steel left off. It wasn't like, like two or three years or like it never happened or anything like that. It happened like right pretty much simultaneously yeah. with Man of Steel. And like it continued where it left off and left you with a sense of yeah, I like. And this. I think the director's you know, what, cut. Yeah, I think like. the director's cut is just going to be even better. I have a friend who shits on uh, Batman versus Superman a lot, and I told him, "Hey man, give me the benefit of the doubt and watch the director's cut with me, and then you'll tell tell me if you got a different opinion." Because I do. I even it's, as much as I love I, this movie, I felt like there was parts that were chopped out. Or maybe there was something was missing, and I'm like, well, maybe there was something that was there that they had to edit out really brashly. Well, so. this 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 accounts for for a couple of movies that I can describe. Like I did the same thing with the Daredevil director's cut, and nobody said not one negative thing about the director's cut of Daredevil. I did the same thing with the Richard Donner two Superman with a couple of people, man. They're like, why wasn't this the movie that was released in theaters? And I'm like, well, Watch you know, the director's the studio cut is phenomenal, and that's the only version yeah. I would ever watch again. And and the only versions of the Lord of the Rings I will watch will be director's cuts because those director's cuts fill in so much of the gaps that you thought, why did I miss this? Not the same with The Hobbit. I mean, The Hobbit, I don't know, it felt rushed. But Lord of the Rings, total 100%. Yeah, and I agree. I think Direct, the director's cut, cut will be a lot different. And it'll it'll make it. And, it's, and one more DVD that's going to be coming out that everyone should look out for. They're making a remaster, Blu-ray edition of the 1986 Transformers movie. And if that... Oh, oh. HD... 86. Like, I'm just ready to blast that to... You got the touch. You got the touch. Oh, I'm, yeah, that's that's where I, I listen to that song. Oh, too. But, yeah. man, I'm telling you, if they make a director's cut, though, man, they have got to, to just... Fox has just got to let the, the ropes off of it and let Josh Trank release the actual Fantastic Four movie that all even the actors say was a better movie than what they released. Like, we need that director's cut. I, I agree. I think that, you know, a director's cut could make the difference. I mean, they, every they movie should they have released a director's those, cut, honestly. Have you noticed that they released all the Fantastic Four trailers and then probably 25% of everything that's in the trailers is not even in the movie yeah. at all? It's like, come on, you you got to give that guy a chance, man, because I don't think that he's a terrible director, and, and it really well, it no, really I makes me feel Fox bad for, for the, the Fantastic Four, obviously, because they wanted to they cut so much out of it. Just like you know, Deadpool was supposed to have a lot more, but they cut a lot out of it, and I think that that's the case with a lot of it. A lot of the times, I watched it. I like Fantastic of, Four on HBO. A lot of the times, I think the problem with movies, big movies, is that. You know, the director has an image, and he films that, but then the, it gets to production, and then they're like, you know, we want it different. You know, we're going to cut this. You know, have you heard about Rogue One, what they're doing with that? Dis Disney no. is taking Rogue One and Star Wars and totally reshooting almost half the movie. 
They've given it and, new and writers. That sucks, man. They've given it a new director. I mean, it was done. It was done filming. And they saw it, and Disney saw it, and they said, well, the, at first they said, we're, we're just going to slip in a few more cameos of some characters. You know, like there's theories that Han Solo might show up in it, or Darth Vader. And then they said, oh, we're trying to match the tone of Star Wars Episode Seven and make it more fun family action, kind of like Episode Seven was. But, I mean, this is a movie about a suicide mission. You gotta have some seriousness in there. I mean, I was excited for a, a really yeah. deep and dark Star Wars movie. But, I mean, I can understand where you want to match the, the exciting and family fun action of it. And Yeah, and that's what breaks my heart about Josh Trank, because he was in line to direct a Star Wars movie, and that completely put him out of the running for it, just because, you know, you don't know whether what went down there. I mean, he hasn't even spoke publicly about it and to even explain himself or try to fix everything. So it kind of leaves you with, why would you let the studios punk, you know, like around. everything negative that... Yeah, everything that Fox said negative about him and blamed everything on him, it cost him another job at Disney working and doing a Star Wars movie, which probably would have been his future-long dream, man, because one of his first films involved some kind of Star Wars epic thing, you know, with lightsabers and shit. So why not give the man another chance? Like, I haven't heard anything from him since, but, you know, it seems like Fox kind of bullied him in and then kind of made him look like a bad director. Try to blame him for their mistake, you know. And, I mean, if you watch Fantastic Four, man, the first half of it's incredible. It's shot well. It, then it just goes into a weird direction that doesn't even make sense. And it's I don't feel like that's his fault, man. I feel like he had a much better cut of it and a much seriously I mean, it's darker just like Daredevil. Tone. I don't blame, I don't blame uh, any of the actors. Like, people are blame, like to blame Ben Affleck for that movie sucking. But, honestly, just yeah, – I, I don't even blame I the blame, director. I blame Fox and their shitty editing and the writers, honestly. The, the, I mean, Dare, Daredevil was good in the director's cut because it gave the devil his due, just like the, like it said, man, because it had all the scenes that everybody hyped up on the internet, had all the, the tone that people hyped up, and then when a movie was released, it was nothing like what was hyped up at the time. So, you know, those underground fans, man, back when they thought Daredevil was good or bad, it doesn't really matter because the internet pretty much decided the fate of that yeah. movie just as soon as they had the opportunity to post online. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, anything else we have? You know, Injustice 2 coming out? That's going to be awesome. Yeah, we do We do have Injustice 2, which they released that awesome new trailer, man, that even had, like, showed the armor suiting up, I think that up, that's, gonna, so that, that's representing a, uh, a level project, projection. Because you know what I was thinking was, you know, when I leveled up in Injustice, like, okay, well, I got a few more character... Um, you know, some backgrounds for my profile picture. But I think that this is going to be a new system with maybe leveling up your armor. Like, hey, you leveled up. You unlocked a new Batman armor that you can try out. And maybe yeah. it'll encourage you to upgrade certain characters more. Like, you know, if your main is Superman, you're going to have pretty badass armor compared to if your main is, if you're not, you know, compared to your Batman who may not have you know, you may not have leveled them up. So that gives you, a, yeah. a, you know, a, a want if you're a completionist like me to try and goof around with every character, at least, and try and level them up. So I think that'll be interesting. I mean, and I mean, the characters that we're supposedly getting, you know, Ed Boon posted things about 
characters. So who do you want to see? I mean, there's theories of Blue Beetle and all that. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm glad we got to talk today, man. This has been a great podcast. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm glad we was able to, to kick it with it, talk about the podcast. And I'm telling you, the best thing I'm excited about in Justice is that story, man. Because I've been reading the comics, man, and that Injustice comic my is theory great. Is a, my theory is that Injustice, the Injustice comics that they got going on now are going to end. And they're going to end right where Injustice 1 picked up. And now they're going to start up with comics that start up where Injustice 1 ended and Injustice 2 picks up, you know? So I think yeah. that we're going to get an in-between again because, uh, I mean, I'm really interested because, you know, you got Batman fighting the Flash. Like, supposedly they were friends at the end of this last one. So is it the same Earth? Is it continuing with, like, did bad Superman get out again? Or so Yeah. But we'll have more theories on that as it progresses. And this is the comic book jerk and Justin Gad. The cosplay Gad. kid. Aren't you glad? Yeah. Well, t-shirts coming soon and says, "Aren't you glad no, to see me?" No. Please no. <laughs> so it's it's time to kick that music. Tune in next week. From the flamers and noobs who were trolling the fans and midichlorian masterminds concocting a plan before he had an emporium of Endorian L's and he was complaining about those movies starring Christian Bell. You know, I thought about starting a segment where we just talk over top of the music. What do you think? Uh, it might be interesting. I mean, I don't think everyone wants to hear the music twice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everybody loves an after credit scene. Oh, hey, uh, plug in. Big old box of stuff. Yeah, you gotta you gotta talk about big old box of stuff. For all of your comic book needs, contact big old box of stuff. That's right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.